Saturday, August 12th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Well, you can thank my brother for this show, this focus that I'm going to be doing today. Uh, as you guys know, I'm very, very skeptical of, of any time there's a big momentum in the media, especially the partisan media. And this topic in general, because, of, and, and you know my coverage on this, which we'll go over to a small degree, up from the California directed energy weapons in general, what we've covered. It's something that when this when this first developed, and, and as always, as we should be, I was very skeptical, wondering, you know, seeing the same kind of things pop up, and yes, seeing old images and old information recycled, going okay. So that early on set me going, okay, I'm feeling very skeptical against this this entire discussion. And again, as we always should be, it's really only what we can prove is the way we should be looking at this. But at the same time, that doesn't mean ignore and not and don't ask questions and ignore things that are suspicious. We should never be afraid to ask, could this be directed energy weapons? Could this be anything you think might be possible? The idea that we're afraid to ask questions like that is just, it really does blow my mind today as much as we all see why. We're being engineered to be afraid of conspiracy theory, despite how many things that are called conspiracy theory that quite literally end up being what happens. But that doesn't mean that because it's called conspiracy theory or because it's a theory around something that we also know that it's true. My point is on this topic in general, today I had a whole bunch organized that I'm actually thinking I might try to do after this as well, if not tomorrow. And I was organizing the entire show and and just like usual, opening points and all sorts of different things. And what I discovered in looking into this topic, almost I just kind of being honest, almost because my brother was interested and I was too, and I was organizing different points. I've reached out to Shelby from Unjected to have on to kind of get her thoughts, you know, that kind of stuff. But as I was looking through this today, I found some things that kind of blew my mind. And it's, and it's not going to be the, the trees burning from the inside or the weird, suspicious things or the, the things that we can't prove, as much as I'm also interested in why those things are happening. And I'll get into my thoughts around the weird oddities of the fire. And, well, I guess I can just say it now in general, that one of the things that I'm always very, like in the California fires, I did a lot of research on that, speaking to firemen, who, by the way, many of which were the ones telling us this is unparalleled. This must be something different. We saw things from this guy. All sorts of strange things which we've talked to or which we've covered. Have people talking to them? Have people high up in the departments speaking on the record about things that they thought were unexplainable? However, I've also in that research come to found come to find a lot of the things that we continue to see oddities of the trees being left when everything else is burned. I've come to understand at least what I'm told, and I'm not a fireman, that those things happen. That there are, based on moisture and different wind currents and all sorts of things, that they end up seeing things that they never would have thought possible and that they would argue are because of the different dynamics. All I'm saying in that point is that we see a lot of things that we think are suspicious that don't always amount to, we know this is direct energy weapons or whatever the current thing you might think is. And that's what happens far too much in the partisan media. So today, I'm just focusing on this. There's not going to be any other topic we're going to get into. I'm just going to start off in regard to a couple of the points that are being made and, and the things circulating. And I'm going to go through what, what I found, or direct energy weapons stuff from before, and then what I found in this, which is ultimately that there are not just one, but at least as I can see, two very important, like top secret level U.S. military, I'm going to call them installations on Maui. One of which I can, I'll, I'll show you today, is quite literally dedicated to the creation of direct energy weapons. And that's not my opinion, at least in part. It's, it's called the, direct Ener- the Directed Energy Directorate. And it's one of these locations that is, there's one in New Mexico, and there's one in Maui. And I'll, I'll get into all the information so I don't mispronounce the names about where these things are. 
<laughs> I just thought that was a little bit ridiculous. It's like, that doesn't prove necessarily that that's what was used or that that's something that caused this. But at the same time, I found that a little bit interesting. And then the more you dig, the more you find out. And apparently there's a lot of really suspicious and interesting things around all of this that tie back to why this was built in the first place in regard goes all the way back to the Soviets, if you can believe that. And, and what this really is. I mean, the idea of direct energy weapons in general, even right now, is sort of regarded as a conspiracy theory. Despite the fact that it's an openly discussed, I'll show you a Lockheed Martin video, a Fox News video, talking about direct energy weapons. And yet at the same time, even back covering the California fires, this was kind of disregarded as, well, that's a fake story. Oh, those things aren't real. And it just shows you that the, the ability, just like with COVID-19, the, the apparatus has to create the feeling that things are fake, even as we watch them happen. So all that aside, we'll go. I'll make more points as we go through it. I quite frankly think that it's not impossible that these things were used. I mean, let's put it this way. Is it, it, can you start a fire with direct energy weapons? Yes. Do they exist? Yes. Are there reasons the government might have done this to execute X, Y, and Z? Obviously. But that doesn't prove that they happened. Now, I'm going to start right, right out of the gate and tell you, answering the question of the title, I don't know. And I'm not, many people may even think looking at this title, like, oh, this is just his way of getting you to get involved. And I, I, my answer is, I don't know. And that's where it's going to end today. I don't know if they were used, but I do think what we're finding today is important to the conversation that I haven't seen anywhere else. While far too many people focus on things that are wildly unprovable. So starting off (laughs) on that exact note, let's talk about Mr. Norwal here and, and the idea of climate change being the focus or more to the point about his typical coverage in the you know, bot-driven kind of marketing level ex-Twitter kind of creators that they see rising to the top today where they just basically tow the mainstream lines and frame that as independent media fighting back. It's very strange. But here's where he writes, heart-wrenching scenes in Hawaii, which are pretty sad, by the way. Whether or not there's a conspiracy or direct energy weapons, it's a terrible, terrible thing that happened there. People are, you know, the stories you hear are real. There's videos all over the place of people jumping in the water to get away from what's going on. That in and of itself is terrifying. But and he writes, Maui death toll over 80, which, by the way, according to Shelby and plenty of others, that locally they're under the, they're, they feel that it's well over 100, if not far more than that. And they're questioning why the media is underreporting that. But again, that could just be a discrepancy. Right. I'm not the, I'm the first one that's going to say that the corporate media, literally their job is to misinform you. Maybe they don't think that, but that I think that's it's about obfuscating. But that doesn't mean that's what's happening here, even though that's likely you get my point. We shouldn't assume. I know you guys agree with that from new to the new to the channel, though. That's where we are. We always should be as much as that may feel irritating sometimes when you think that you know what's going on. And maybe you do. Maybe we're wrong, but we should never push back against objectivity, even irritatingly so. People leaped into the ocean to evade flames and boiling smoke, billowing smoke in Maui. Officials state, this is what he's writing, officials state that at least 80 people have died. Unfortunately, they expect the number to rise. And again, back to that earlier point, it could just be that they couldn't confirm, you know, there's always things that think, you know, we're, most people are very on guard today and rightly so because of COVID, because of a lot of things. We all seem to understand that our government almost not only just doesn't want to tell us the truth, but hates us almost. That's how it, a lot of people are getting to understand and feel. So it's not hard to see why people are so quick to question. And I, I love that. I'd rather have people assume fake things than blindly follow the government, to be quite honest. They're both bad. They both lead in negative ways. But I th- you're safer not trusting the government, in my ultimate opinion. Hundreds more remain unaccounted for in one of the worst wildfire catastrophes. How did it start? He said it's believed that brush fires started in Maui on Tuesday. They were stoked on Wednesday. And I'll get into one thing that uh, RFK Jr. posted that I do think is relevant. 
if not, you know, whether or not it's the reason, I think it's very relevant and I agree with it. But here's the point I love climate change to blame. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll, I'll show you at the end. They have no shame when it comes to this kind of stuff. I mean, you can quite literally prove like we did in other examples, both California and elsewhere, more recent fires. Uh, forget where was the last one we just talked about, the huge one where they were freaking out. In Scotland, I forget now, but they were just like, oh, climate change, fires. And then it got definitively proven that almost everyone started with arsonists. And they didn't circle back and go, yeah, not climate change. They just kept going with the narrative, right? These people are shameless. The corporate media, I mean. And they will just find an abstract somersaulting reason to make this about climate change because that's what they want you to think. It's like anything else. And don't forget, CNN, James, James O'Keefe got him on the record saying, yeah, we're, we're going to shift into climate change because that's what we're going to do. Well, here we are. But here he is going, you know, as the pushing back independent media, <laughs> climate change to blame. Well, the severity of the fires in Maui have been blamed by some experts on climate change. This, I mean, this, despite the fact that there's already multiple like point, it just this is a really stupid argument, especially when we're at a point where we don't know. Like, that's a stupid they would people that are saying it's climate change would laugh at somebody saying it's a direct energy weapon. Neither one is provable as far as I can tell, but there, this is the, it's the, it's, they would see it as conspiracy theory. Well, it would, that's not different. <laughs> Let's put it that way. The view of climate change was to blame as opposed by Clay, however you pronounce that last name, Clay T, University of Hawaii at Manoa professor and environmental management expert who said blaming this on weather and climate is misleading. Fire problem is due to the vast areas of unmanaged, non-native grassland from decades of declining agriculture, as well as the corporate side of that, which RFK points at. I agree with this. I saw similar things in Oahu when I lived there for a couple of years. But what's your stance on climate change? <laughs> it, it, interesting way to end that. Now, the video is, is pretty, it's just, uh, by the way, if you want to see more videos of this kind of stuff, it is everywhere. And I recommend you take a look at it so you can kind of come to your own conclusions about it, but be on guard because I can prove to you, which I'm not going to get into today. There are a thousand different examples of old videos, videos that aren't even from Hawaii, old images from previous fires from Hawaii, but from elsewhere as well, all being parroted around on TikTok, which everyone shares without checking because Twitter files and people being misled. Doesn't mean this is fake, but it means that there are a lot of people that are not checking or trying to deceive. This is a video that, as far as I can tell, is definitely from Hawaii, from Maui, and it's just a sad compilation. So you guys can kind of some of the things they're talking about, you know, people that have jumped into water. I mean, that right there, right in the beginning, that's a terrifying reality right there. That's smoke and fire. The heat coming off of that must be unbearable. And these people are in the ocean, you know, in, in stormy weather, trying to survive. That's sad. This guy's sleeping next to the ocean, next to the, 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 the break wall. Look at that. You know, all theories aside, it's just really heartbreaking this happened to a beautiful place where, you know, at least in my experience, full of very beautiful people living a very different life than we're used to in most of the world. Hmm. Sad. And really, as we get into it, you'll see there's a lot of possible reasons about this. You know, I'll get into one of the early ones about part of the World Economic Forum posts. You know, people are talking about climate change conversations, you know, activists starting things, you know, that, that would even logically make sense what we've seen around the world, you know, but we've also seen uh, examples of, you know, arguments of, of energy transitions, of, you know, what the people, the governments of, gov of Hawaii have been arguing they want to achieve. And, and we'll, get, we'll show you all of these, you know, or, or the, uh, what was the other one? There's uh, plenty of, I mean, there, there's never a shortage of different theories. If you also, if you want to see an endless amount of videos, many of which are real that you can verify of very strange things, weird fires, you know, trees burning from the inside, which we always seem to see. 
right? Again, there's firemen that will tell you that does ha- that happens, right? The way the moisture works and all sorts of things. I'm not saying I know that for sure. But my point is I'm not going to go over all these videos. If you want to see them, they're very easy to find. They're all over the place. This is just to kind of give you a feel of what the, the immensity of how, how big this is. Lahaina being the main location of the starting fire. But from what I'm going to show you, it's interesting. I'll just, come, I'll just actually jump to the end real quickly and show you this map. Or uh, at the end, where was this? Uh, right here. Yeah. So apparently this is from the eighth satellite imagery. You know, Lahaina is over here. And you can see, for those in the podcast, like the western side of the island, sort of like the west northwestern peak, or western specifically, but northwestern on the northwestern peak, Lahaina. But then you can see fires over here in the mainland. Or I guess we wouldn't call it the mainland. The mainland would be more of the larger island. But the, the I guess, yeah, it depends. I'm, I'm trying to think of it like how you compare the smaller islands. But you can see for the podcast, it's sort of in the middle center of the large part of Maui. And some of the hottest, largest fire spots are the red spots right there. So it's just interesting. Like, do, are those connected in, in the bigger sense of like the argument of what we're talking about or a lot of the theories going around? It doesn't really seem to add up. But with what I what I kind of found today, the location is really interesting. And that has to do with these locations that are working on these exact weapons. It's very it's very it's, it's alarming, to be quite frank, whether or not these are caused by that, what they're doing here and what they might be planning with that. <clears throat> but. Here is what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said. Hawaii fires result from poor. Now, you know, I'm glad I just reread that because before I thought he was claiming this fire, but he's saying in a general sense. So I much I much more agree with this general statement. Hawaii fires result from poor tending of the land. First, industrial agriculture plantations obliterated native ecosystems, which is almost always what's like in, in Oahu, for example. One of the biggest issues they have with these massive landslides, which came because of non-indigenous plant life that was brought because of corporations and different, you know, boat uh, immigration as well as tourism coming from boats and things ended up being planted. And, and then all of a sudden these things were, were the roots were too shallow and they overtook everything. And now you get massive landslides, you know? And so that's, these kind of things are common with lack of concern for the indigenous area, which is pretty common when it comes to occupied territories like Hawaii. But it says when these far, and let's, before you skip past that, let's be real about that guys. If you, I lived in Hawaii for two years. People in Hawaii do not, most people you talk to do not think they're Americans. They're Hawaiians. They don't see themselves as part of the United States. This is an occupied territory. They literally colonialized this area, stole all of this, and they still to this day completely, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing if you understand the history of Hawaii, but we just pretend that's one of the states today, right? But it says, when these farms were abandoned, combustible invasive grasses took over. Now, again, largely abandoned by people that don't care about the indigenous wildlife, the, the, the people that live there, everything. Okay, So this, whether or not this is what happened there, is absolutely a part of why these things happen. Could it be the only reason? Certainly possible. But I do think the immensity of the fires and what we saw and the, the kind of like almost in totality of it, like just across the board, everything, it, that is pretty strange to me. You, because especially, but again, if they're talking about the the storms and the winds that kept this kind of thing going, like I would say, feasibly that would make sense. But I'm very skeptical of how and why this all took took place. But that doesn't then prove that we know there's foul play. But here's one of the first things I'm seeing people today, especially, kind of circulate: how Hawaii plans to be the first U.S. state to run entirely on clean energy. Now, if you just look at this, and by the way, we shouldn't dismiss this argument being well, they're going to sweep all this out and start that 
direction on this, you know, kind of a clean slate. Seems to make sense with, if you, you know, no more information. Maybe that would be the case. And we're also going to, I'll show you this at the end. There's a local, I just thought this was an interesting video to include, making a very valid argument about how these exact locations were or have been aggressively pressured over the last so many decades to be bought out for corporate reasons and for government reasons. And then suddenly this happens. Yeah, you know, if these things happen, doesn't prove anything, certainly should consider that. I wouldn't put it past these corporations or the government for doing something like this, but that most people doesn't that that doesn't sit well. They don't want to believe they would be willing to do something like this. Doesn't I'm not saying that's the case, but this is interesting, right? So at first glance, you go, yeah, that seems interesting, especially with how the immensity of the World Economic Forum plan and what we're seeing all around the world, the lockstep agenda, right? But this is what. But when you read into it, there's a little bit of a contradictory contradictory point to this. It may have a reputation as an ecological paradise, but Hawaii is also one of America's most fossil fuel dependent states. Basically saying, again, the point is that they're dedicating the plan to go into the clean energy direction and want to be the first ones. The cut to, the, uh, to cut the state's greenhouse gas emissions, which, again, let's be real about the, 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 the reality of the argument of carbon tax. And, and car, the, what they're doing with climate change direction here is not real, in my opinion. Feel free to disagree. Not saying we're not destroying the planet. I absolutely believe that. All the masks and gloves and and plastics and everything in the ocean and all the stuff that's happening and all the military pollution and all the burn pits and all the things, all that is ruining the planet. But that does not mean that carbon is the issue and does not mean that we have to worry about greenhouse gas emissions. But you can disagree. That's what's great about real conversation. But it says the Hawaiian government launched the Clean Energy Initiative in 2008, which pledges to establish new green credentials and aims to use 100% renewable electricity to power the entire state by 2045. So I guess if you wanted to argue that this would be a quick way to do that, especially if you believe that some people in certain positions of power might actually believe that we're all going to die in so many years if we don't accomplish this, like that's how you can start to understand how something like this might actually make sense to some people and might actually just make sense. Because people are believing that we will die if we don't do this kind of rash action. And if they see pushback, they might just go just pull the trigger. You know, but again, human life. But you know, they don't really seem to care about human life all over the world as they execute their war agenda. So, you know, let's be real. But here's where it gets interesting. In a significant move, four mayors from across the state have signed an agreement. And this was 2018. This was written. An agreement to run Hawaii's public transport system only using clean energy by 2045 making the announcement abroad a traditional Hawaiian voyaging canoe mayor, Maui mayor, Alan Arakawa, said, quote, the goals we are setting today are not only desirable, but attainable and help send a message that Maui County and Hawaii are open for innovation to help ensure the greater health of our communities and the planet as a whole. President Donald Trump decided last year to withdraw from the U.S. from the Paris Agreement, which is dedicated to keeping the global warming temperature below two degrees Celsius, if possible, Soon afterward, after Trump pulled out, Hawaii became the first state. Now, Hawaii as a state means all of the eight islands and the smaller as well to to turn the agreement into official policy, which led the island's governor, David Ege, Ege, I'm not for if somebody is Hawaiian, let me know who'd say IGE to say climate change is real, he says, regardless of what others may say. So clearly they're committed to this. Hawaii's commitment to improving the environment is such that it's currently home to more than 60 clean energy projects. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Including nine wind farms, 19 hydroelectric facilities, and 22 solar power plants. Okay. Well, that was the first time I was like, okay, okay. Oh, wait a minute. As I'm reading this. Okay. Well, so the argument would be that they would do this to execute this plan. But so the argument is that, you know, just being, you know, in, in um, entertaining the theory about whether this was done for this reason. 
Well, that would argue they would kind of clean slate this island in order to roll out clean energy, but in doing so, destroy all of their clean energy setup. Like, I, uh, you know, maybe, but that doesn't line up for me, right? So the argument being not all of these, but in particular, here's the map itself, this being Maui. <clears throat> and you can see right here, you've got a uh, hydroelectric plant. You've got a solar plant. I mean, literally almost exactly in Lahaina or close enough anyway. But then all over the entire island, you know, especially close to the other fires, you've got multiple. I mean, there's five or six gigantic green energy, if you want to call it that, non-renewable, uh, unreliable energy in Maui. So it would be interesting argument to say those would be destroyed in the effort to do the same thing. I, you know, maybe, possibly. But overall, you could see a huge effort all over these islands to roll this out. So if you want to look further, the map will be included. Now, it says, according to the Energy Office, they have the capacity to generate over 156 million kilowatts of energy per month. I think that was the main point on this one. Oh, yeah, that was right. And then it says that uh, Tesla has also installed a 272 power pack, two battery systems to store solar energy and use at night on, on Maui or on the state in the state of Hawaii somewhere. According to Tesla, the project is expected to reduce fossil fuel use by around 1.6 million gallons. It's interesting how, how often Tesla and Elon Musk overlap with all these agendas, but weird how the people that support don't want to associate with that. Sort of like we want to go BlackRock bad, except when we notice that Rumble is the funded by BlackRock and Vanguard. La, 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 we don't want to see that, you know, because it doesn't line up with our agenda. Well, here, let's talk about conspiracy theory. Directed energy weapons in Maui. We'll check it out, guys. Apparently, we're all wrong. Newsweek says it's a conspiracy theory. Yahoo says it's a conspiracy theory. AP News says it's a conspiracy theory. So that's the show, guys. We're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the point is that, of course, you're going to get all this stuff. And if you read into these articles, they're not doing any due diligence. They're not, they just go, that's not what we're supposed to say. And that's apparently fake. So end of fact check. It's just, it's really, it, it's just so frustrating that they can't even, like, if you're going to do a fact check about this, then do a fact check. They don't, though. They just toe the line. And it's impossibly frustrating because people actually look at this stuff, no matter how often you show that the old ones are wrong, right? You can go back and look at, like, their entire body of fact check work, and it's, like, probably 80% incorrect. And I'm not even making that up. It's very, very clumsy. COVID-19 is a great example of that. But my point in being is that if you look into all of this, you're going to find them telling you, well, no. In fact, almost borderline telling you direct energy weapons aren't even real. So before we even get into the, the important part of this, which is the Air Force Optic, Maui Optical and Supercomputing Site, or more specifically, the, AF, oh, the yeah, AFRL Directed Energy Directorate, which op operates one in New Mexico, but one in Maui, very near this whole thing. And then we'll talk about the actual people involved with this who are on the record telling us that they're working on weapons. So it's kind of hard not to see that, even though you look it up elsewhere and they don't seem to mention weapons anywhere. It's very strange, right? Of course, it's that easy to see. But before we do that, let's make sure we understand the direct energy weapons for those that may not want to hear are very real. It's not even up for debate. It's like it's like the idea of geoengineering where they can literally be telling you we're doing this to stop climate change. And then you bring it up on Twitter and people go tinfoil hat. And you're like, man, didn't you just say this is about fighting climate change? It just, it's almost like people can't, like they've been broken. Like they can acknowledge that they're, yay, geoengineering, stop climate change. But then you point at it from a plane, they go, fake news. <laughs> it's just very strange. I, it's so same point, right? You can literally prove this. It's been around for decades. They're openly talking about it. Been working on it since the 70s. And yet there's I mean, 100 patents. And yet it's fake news for some people. Now, here's an article we did on 2019 or a show I did. 
long time ago. You don't want to look at this. I look really silly. But the point is, I, watch it. Those good information. We, I talked about the U.S. Congress's Israel-focused directed energy uh, bill. Weapon bill, excuse me, do directed energy weapon bill. So here was the article, and you can watch that if you want, uh, from Mint Press News, written by none other than Whitney Webb, about the new, the, the new bill would see U.S. taxpayers subsidize experimental Israeli laser weapons. Shocking. Nothing new about that. Continuing to pay for all of their, you know, it, it's just silly, right? This is, it, this is hard to justify today. Back then, it was just every 30 seconds. I mean, half the stuff was being worked on. Or even like the, the Iron Dome being literally being funded by our money and we're going to, you know, aiding Israel despite them not really needing our aid and then selling those weapons to the United States. Like this is double dipping right there. It happens all the time. But this is an important article. You should read this. But one of the points I want to show, just show is here's a representative Elise Stefnik saying she and Ted Lieu introduced the U.S.-Israel Directed Energy Cooperation Act. This bipartisan bill allows us to collaborate with Israel to counter global adversarial threat. That's always how it gets framed, right? Let's manufacture something in Cuba. Hey, bad guy Cuba stuff. Now we need to work on direct energy. You know, it's how this goes. Whether that's actually what happened or not. The point is they'll say bad guys do those things over there, so we have to do them, right? Cluster munitions happening over there, so we have to use them too, even though we don't want to. Right, they've always been doing this. The only way they justified it was saying we have to do this because bad guys are doing it. But, you know, do you believe that? It's up to you to decide. Here's the actual bill, H.R. 6725, to authorize the Secretary of Defense upon request of the Ministry of Defense of Israel. Great. So Israel asks and U.S. government steps two. And with the concurrence of the concurrence of the Secretary of State to carry out research, development and testing. That's important. And evaluation activities on a joint basis with Israel to establish directed energy capabilities, weapons. So the point is, this shouldn't be hard to wrap your mind around, that they have been doing this for a long time. This is 2018. The point was that we're going, they're going to research, develop, and test them. I haven't seen any examples of real testing outside of a few examples we'll get into. So the question should be, is that something that might have happened? Now, if you can't think that it's possible that a test could go awry, that a military test like that's never happened before could go awry in a location where they're literally building direct energy weapons, and then they've got another location where they're actively doing some other stuff we'll get into, can we not at least ask if it's possible, let alone doing this on purpose, that they could have been like, let's see what happens when they do this new version, and then boom, fire start, and then what are they going to do? Nothing. I'm just theorizing. Yeah, right. We're theorizing about possible conspiracies about covering things up. Never happened before, right? The point is we should always have the courage to do that. And if we know that they were have been working on and testing these things, it's obviously possible that that could have been what happened. Just one of the many. But here is an example, as I pointed out, from Fox Firepower. I used to play this all the time, and I'll play the video for you right now where they're openly showing you exactly what these things can do. Lasers sound like the stuff of science fiction right sound which by the way it's funny when this came out these things were public you could you can look up the research going back 20 years they're actually for the 70s but even then sounds like science fiction right i know fake news right it's amazing that they, people still push back completely unbelievable how could our military possibly be using those in future warfare guess what we've just had a recent breakthrough more great test results that are making lasers a reality 
So it's called Athena. Lockheed Martin makes it, and they've been doing a lot of the pioneering in this laser field. Now, what's really exciting about it is that it's so hard to harness that much power and make it compact enough that it's actually going to make practical sense downrange. And they've proven that they can do that. Uh, recently, uh, they tested it against five moving drones, so realistic drones that they might go up against with, uh, you know, enemy forces might send against us, for example, uh, or terrorists might send against us. Uh, and it successfully shot down all five of the drones. This is is huge news because it means that in a realistic practical setting it's looking very promising so it could be ready to field quite soon. So when you see the movies or you look at comic books or television shows, when you see the laser weapons, they tend to be a color, right? Red or green or something like that. Important. Uh, real lasers, one of the key advantages that they provide is that they are invisible. You actually can't see them. Right. You just see this damage suddenly starting to blow something up. Uh, so if we take a look now at what the Athena did to a truck. So we're looking at a truck engine, and the Athena within seconds was able to Beam right look in there, heat the whole thing up, and burn through the engine of this vehicle. Doesn't that look familiar? Like if it just, you know, again, just because it looks the same does not mean that's what it is. But being honest, that looks very similar to some of the things we saw in California and these different examples. Something to point out. So if you imagine if you were in that vehicle, all of a sudden, this hole would start appearing in your engine, and the whole thing would just disappear. That's what these lasers do. Now, there's some other key advantages that we should mention. Let me give you three of them. One, unlimited ammo. As long as we have power, we have an unlimited magazine. And downrange, of course, having unlimited ammo can be a huge advantage. Second, it's silent. We don't give the enemy any advance warning that it's coming. You see why this is obviously something they've wanted for a long time. So we're going to get into a point in a minute where they go over why they just kind of decided to put this on the back burner. Don't believe that. That's a joke. This is probably one of the things they've wanted the most for a long time. And the reality is that it's never when we get told it's on the back burner. That's when they're like, OK, we're, we're doing this right. We're going to actually you and they want you to think that it's not in the public eye, probably because they're doing things they don't want you to know about. That'd be my opinion. And then the third one I wanted to touch on is that it travels. And in case I didn't make it clear, that's a verifiable reality that they've been using these. So let's not pretend like it's on the back burner. Heat of light. So not second, it's silent. We don't give the enemy any advance warning that it's coming. And then the third one I wanted to touch on is that it travels at the speed of light. So not only are we delivering powerful, decisive effects, lethality, we're also doing it so rapidly they don't know what hit them. So if you could circle back to that example of being in the car again, that would happen so instantaneously. Within seconds, you truly would have no idea what was happening. It would just suddenly start disintegrating, right? So what can we use these against? So we talked about the vehicle a bit. We talked about how Athena has just proven itself against drones. But in the real-world application, our forces could use it against the drones. We could use it against aircraft. Uh, we could use it against vehicles on the ground, like we mentioned. Uh, we could also use it against fast attack boats. And in fact, Athena's sibling, Adam, a couple years ago, proved that it could eliminate these fast attack boats. So if you imagine boats start trying to swarm one of our ships, not a problem for this laser burns right through the hull. As you can see right there, it's burning right through the hull. I'm incredibly excited about this news, this great news about the successful testing of Athena, because it means that we'll be putting these powerful weapons soon. We could put them in the hands of our warfighters and give them even more powerful weaponry uh, to keep themselves safe and also to deliver the effects that we need. They can be used, laser weapons can be used offensively and of course defensively too to help protect our homeland. Think of our airports that might be under threat uh, from enemy drones. They could be used to protect our, we could use them statically and used to protect our airports. They could be 
used to protect our power grid, our, our nuclear plants. So there's lots of different exciting applications for this technology. There's no longer science fiction, but science fact. Yeah, well, it wasn't, sci it wasn't science fiction before this. And this is like half a decade old, right? This, I mean, and don't, let's not pretend like this isn't in the hands of Israel. We know that they worked in joint, joint, they worked with Israel to develop these things. They probably still are. So the reality is that this is something that is probably being executed all around the world. You can't see it. You can't prove that it was there, right? I mean, so who knows? We see all these examples of, and even just pulling back from the intentional point, which we should never shy away from, it's, I find it's far like it's more likely this is something that could be tested that ends up doing something they can't pull back from and they just let it happen. I mean, even like with a PG&E discussion, like they ended up saying, well, it was, you know, PG&E that didn't do the whole thing. And, you know, then PG&E just increases your, your, your bill. <laughs> did, they, did they get held accountable for that? Not that I can see, right? So it makes you really wonder whether this is something that could be, you know, in that, in that realm. And then just not that you need to see this as well, but here is Lockheed Martin's video, just so we know this isn't just some Fox video that's lying about it. You know, just it's just the same thing. The shooting down the drones, laser weapons. This one's five years ago. Now here's Donald Rumsfeld saying some very, very revealing things from quite a while ago, right? So we're talking what this is like, this, the video is 12 years old, but I think it was older than that. The point is that he's talking about one, working on them all the way back then, but then the way they discuss whether they're going to be testing them and whether they would bring them into use if need be. Can I ask you a question about some of the technology that you're developing to fight the war on terror, specifically directed energy and high-powered microwave technology? Do you, uh, when do you envision that you can... Classic mainstream media apparatus woman right there. ...weaponize that type of technology? Goodness. Um, it, is, it is in, for the most part, the kinds of things you're talking about are in varying early stages. Do you want to give anything you'd add? I don't think I would add much. I, mm. I, I think they are in early stages and, and, and probably not ready uh, for employment at this point. In, in the normal order of things, when you invest in research and development and begin a developmental project, uh, you don't have any intention or expectations that one would use it. Uh, on the other hand, the real world intervenes from time to time, and you reach in there and take something out that is still in a developmental stage, and you might use it. So it, the answer—it's your question—is not answerable. It is—it is—it uh, depends on what happens in the future and how, how well things move along the track, and whether or not someone feels it's appropriate to reach into a development stage and see if something might be useful, as was the case with the unmanned aerial vehicles. But you sound like you're going to experiment, right? And let's not forget that those things were used a hell of a lot before we were really told that they were being used, assassinating people. I, I think that's the point, and I think, and it's we, we have, I think, from the beginning of this conflict, I think General Franks has been very open to looking at uh, new things if there are new things available, and has been been willing to, to put them into the fight even before they've been fully wrung out. And I think, ah, great, right? So again, putting them into fight before we, you know, are understanding how they work properly, or right? I mean, that's an interesting statement, seeing as how it's very possible that this thing could have been something that was tested, and ended up causing a problem, and you know, right? I mean, just. Outside the box. That's uh, not referring to these two particular cases of directed energy or, or high-powered microwave, uh, but, but sure. And, yes. and we will continue to do that. 
the microwave aspect is interesting because these are in the same wheelhouse, right? So we talk about things like what happened in Cuba. It's, it's you know, and I'll show you a couple points on that in a second, I think, unless I got rid of it. Oh, yeah, I think I did. We, there's an article about that in the past. But the bottom line is in Cuba, we talked about that, where they their own arguments where, let me see. Oh, no, I do have it next. Okay, I thought, we'll get, well, show, let me show you this video and we'll point a couple things out about that, where they admit after research that it was, they thought, a weapon like this, even though we still argue with some people this is fake. It's hilarious. This one is from eight years ago. <clears throat> I think this is important both for this general conversation, but also for the 5G direction, which, don't forget, was, was originally used as a crowd control military-type weapon. Where this and that's what this still could be. If this thing is turned up high enough, it literally makes your skin burn. You can and even more so if it's higher. And you could look at it, it's on their patents, it's on the research for this exact technology. And this is exactly what this we're talking about a, a similar discussion. This is a microwave weapon, heat ray. So just realize this is eight years ago, and this is what they could have done with uh, just you know a microwave directed weapon. DOD's active denial technology and future solid-state active denial technology system will produce a focused beam of directed energy to provide our troops a non-lethal option to stop, deter, and turn back suspicious individuals with minimal risk of injury. Active denial technology is designed to protect the innocent, minimize fatalities, and limit collateral damage across the range of military operations. Active Denial Technology uses radio frequency millimeter waves at a frequency of 95 gigahertz. Traveling at the speed of light, the millimeter wave directed energy engages the subject, penetrating the skin to a depth of only about 1 64th of an inch. The beam produces an intolerable heating sensation, compelling the targeted individual to instinctively move. For the military, active denial technology can be used for both force application and force protection missions. Applications include crowd control, perimeter security, patrol and convoy protection. You get the gist, right? The point is just simply that they turn these things on and you feel like you're burning, about to explode, and you run. Very, very interesting. So here's the overlap with this article from uh, August 10th, 2017. A group of American diplomats in Cuba suffered unexplained severe hearing loss blamed on a covert sonic device. And it simply says, after months of investigation, U.S. officials concluded the diplomats had been exposed to an advanced device that operated outside the range of audible sound. That sounds familiar. And had been deployed either inside or outside the residences. It was not immediately clear whether the device was a weapon used in a deliberate attack or some other purpose. Interesting, even though that was not really how it gets reported still. Now, here is a uh, direct uh, Congressional Research Service document from 2022. We're talking about directed energy weapons, background and issues for Congress. It says directed energy weapons use concentrated electromagnetic energy rather than kinetic energy to combat enemy forces. That's, you know, that's how this is a weapon, no matter how you spend this. Although the United States has been researching directed energy weapons since, excuse me, the 60s, some experts have observed that the DOD has invested billions of dollars in directed energy programs that failed to reach maturity, or that's what we're told, and were ultimately canceled, or that's what we're told. I mean, quite frankly, we know this is being used, so I don't buy that for a second. In recent years, however, the DOD has made progress on directed energy weapons development. Interesting. Deploying the first operational U.S. directed energy weapon in 2014, Abroad aboard the USS Ponce. Since then, 
Actually, now that I think about it, I should have looked into where that actual that ship actually goes. It'd be interesting if it happens to be stationed somewhere in Hawaii or, you know, I don't know. I'll just look it up. You guys let me know. Since then, directed energy weapons development has continued with DOD issuing a directed energy roadmap to coordinate the department's of efforts. DOD has also introduced a high energy laser scaling initiative, which seeks to strengthen defense industrial industrial base for directed energy weapons and improve laser beam quality and efficiency. Interesting. So there's a lot more you can read in this, but that's just the main point is obviously these things are real. 2022, here's in 2023. Vice reports that the Pentagon is spending a billion dollars a year on direct energy weapons. So clearly the point is whether they stopped or not 22 forward, they are in this. They are researching. They are spending a billion dollars a year, probably which means 100 billion. We don't even get told. And they're working on this. So it's interesting to think about what that might translate to. There's some videos here from CNN showing them working on this stuff. Very interesting. Now, here's where it gets especially interesting. In my research on this, really just to kind of find out what I think is going on, I came across a location in Maui. Now, this is called the AFRL, or the Air Force Maui Optical and Supercomputing Site, or AMOS. Or the AFRL stands for um, the Air Force Research Laboratory. That's just the general overview. The AMOS is the Air Force Maui Opticals and Supercomputing Site. It says freedom to operate and maintain satellites in space. Now, this is how they frame this, by the way. And I'm going to get into what the actual guy running it says more than once on the record. But they frame this as some kind of surveillance space operation. And saying that the U.S. Air Force assists in achieving this freedom of basically operating satellites with security and making sure nobody's going to shoot them out of the sky or out of, the, out of space, the U.S. Air Force assists in achieving this freedom in part by maintaining an awareness of the locations and capabilities of all man-made objects in space. This awareness is called space domain awareness. The scientists and engineers of the Air Force Research Laboratory advance technologies that improve the nation's capability to maintain that awareness, number and sizes and locations and capabilities of man-made objects in space over time. The AFRL Directed Energy Directorate, which is the main point that we're talking about today, operates two major telescope sites, and they're not just telescope sites, that are used to advance SSA technologies. One of these sites is located in Kirkland Air Force Base, New Mexico. The other site is located on Maui, Hawaii. The Maui site is called the Air Force Maui Optical Supercomputing Site, or AMOS. The AMOS site consists of two facilities that conduct SDA operations and research and development, and that is the weapon side of this, and I'll show you I'm telling you directly. The first facility is the Maui Space Surveillance System, and the second is the Maui High Performance Computing Center. These are two separate locations, and they're both very important. Research thrusts at the AMO site include satellite direction and identification, atmospheric comp- uh, compensation and re- re- uh, resolving imaging, astrodynamics and orbital metrics, center development, laser propagation through the Earth's atmosphere, database cataloging of satellite images. Now, nowhere are you going to really find weapons development in any of the general outward-facing information, which it's not like it's really a secret if you can hear them openly talking about it, but just they, the average person will look and then think that's conspiracy because that's how they're generally primed, right? But you'll find in this, a lot of interesting things, none of which really get into weapons. It's all about space surveillance, computing power. Okay, so that's the main document. Now here, again, just so you can see it from their actual website, the Maui location, Directed Energy Directorate of the Air Force Research Laboratory. Here is the first one, and this is uh, from Maui time from 2018. Interesting conversation, actually, that I found that overlaps with this, where they're basically saying, well, we asked two nuclear weapons experts if they think specifically Kaihi if I'm saying that correctly, would be a target in a possible nuclear war. 
interesting question. And they overlap that with one of the most important, two of the most important locations on the island, which we just talked about, and wondering whether that might draw a nuclear focus because of the bad guys wondering if this is a dangerous spot. <clears throat> Very interesting. Now, really quickly, I'll show you this map so you guys can see the general areas we're talking about here based on you know the map of Maui. Here we go. I wish I could screen share two things at one time. It would make that much easier. So here is the map. And by the way, I thought this was very strange when I looked at this map versus the, uh, the actually this map versus the map that was on the, the World Economic Forum page, but it showed all the seller and very different. Which on a quick side note, the map we use every single day, the world map that gets taught in schools is aggressively wrong. And everyone seems to know that, yet it doesn't change. I think it's hilarious. Not even to get into why, but the point is just that we are actively fed misinformation, that we know those things are inaccurate, like the Greenland versus South America. These things are completely out of scale. It doesn't even matter. But the point here is this pin here is Kahi. Uh, um, it's not showing up for some reason. Uh, Kaihe, Hawaii. So that's the location we're talking about, which is much closer to the original line of fires. Oh, I just lost the pin. The other one <clears throat> was right here. And that was the location of the, uh, I'm blanking on the name of it. I just went past it. That is the location of the specifically the uh, Air Force Maui optical and supercomputing site. Whereas the uh, laboratory in regard to the director energy weapons is up here on this summit. It's on the Hali Kalala, uh, 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 Hali uh, Observate observatories. I mean, you'd think I'd be better at pronouncing this than to live there for two years. I used to be. That'd been a long time. But th this this lab right there is where the, the main laboratory, or rather the observatory, where they do surveillance, but also the weapons research and work on directed energy weapons. So that's the main one. Right here is the supercomputing site. Right here is the Kahi location we're talking about. So let's back, back to the, the main point here. Okay, so they're talking about that location and asking, well, would that be a nuclear target? Now it says it's been, and this is also an interesting overlap. It says it's been a little more than a week, 2018, since the state of emergency management agency zapped most of Hawaii residents with a false ballistic missile alert. Remember that? Remember when they said, oh my God, there's a missile incoming, which was wildly irresponsible. Everybody lost their minds. People probably did all sorts of crazy things. It was, I guarantee this was a test. And then they just said, our bad. It was an accident. We like, I literally think they said they accidentally hit the button. I actually think that was the story, even though I don't believe that for a second. Just think about that interesting overlap. <clears throat> now it says, in a strike, they said, Kaihi would definitely get hit. Interesting. The reason? The Maui High Performance Computing Center. Located at five, that's, that's the one I was talking about. The one just south of that. 550 Lipoa Parkway. In, in Kaihi. Built in 1993, the complex known as the acronym jar, uh, known in the acronym jargon as the DOD Supercomputing Resource Center is an Air Force research lab packed with supercomputers. So this is a big, that's not something that's just a, especially today, especially with what they're working on with the direct energy weapons. They're, this is a high level re, uh, installation. The MHPCC 
operates as one of six DOD supercomputing resource centers in the DOD's high-performance computing modernization program. Six of them in the world. This is stated on Maui Center's webpage. This, this location allocates more than 70 million com- computational hours annually. And it says they research, development, test, and evaluation community. For what uh, it says, as for what the MHPCC actually does, it says, well, the Department of Defense isn't actually specific. Surprise, surprise. Though it's very clear that the computers it operates are extremely powerful. I wonder for what. Now, it says they provide computational resource for the DOD, scientific computational needs through their support of DOD challenge projects and other government users. So then states the website, quote, the center also supports the Directed Energy Directorate's Maui Space Surveillance System, which does more than surveil, located atop the uh, Mount Haleakala, which we just pointed at. The space uh, surveillance system is used for imaging and tracking of space objects and more. But just because the DOD operates some large computers in Kaihi doesn't lie, right? Does that rise to the level of actual target for someone's nuclear weapons, they ask? Well, it says if Russia thought that the location had something to do with U.S. command and control systems, sure, they'd target it. Or if they realized that it was ultimately a weapon system or high level, maybe so. But they ultimately say, well, for a country like Russia or China with more nuclear weapons, like a, a facility like this might be a target. It's a very just interesting overlap, right? Well, here is... Oh, I just I highlighted these, so this keeps disappearing on me. Here is the Maui Space Surveillance Complex again, which you can just see that they're overlapping both of these locations. And the point is that there's no mention of weapons anywhere in this in this Wikipedia page. Shocking. Here is yeah, there's the highlighting gone. It's right here. This is from it says Directed Energy Leader Dr. Kelly Hammett recaps time in this location, looks ahead to space position. And there's also another post from him uh, right here speaking from his own website just before people jump because that's a fake news site. Somebody out there will say it. So here you can read it on here if you want, but I had it highlighted so I didn't lose it. Now it says, I will miss bragging on the directed energy team and all that we accomplished in the six years I was at the director's seat. So just be clear, he, that this is where he worked. Hammett's work in directed energy programs and his path to leadership of some of the U.S. Air Force's legacy high-energy laser, high-power microwave and electro-optic systems began much earlier, though. It says, before taking on a role as director, Hammett served four years as the directorate's chief engineer. Make sure I didn't miss anything there. Now it says, the high-powered microwave CHAMP system which I'll show you in a second, tackling the Air Force Maui Optical and Supercomputing, or AMOS, site's sustainment and modernization program, along with other challenges. It says, quote, we we delivered the United States Air Force first ever operational directed energy weapons. Let me read that again. They delivered the United States Air Force's first ever operational directed energy weapons. So this location, I find this impossible not to think is crazy with the conversation today, in Maui, created the very first ever, as according to them, operational directed energy weapon. <clears throat> and yet it's being roundly dismissed that this is a dumb idea. And I just, I'm not saying that proves that it was used or proved that's how they started the fires, but isn't that crazy? I just, I almost fell out of my chair. I'm like, that can't be. And this is why we have to talk about it today. Even though I still, I'm still saying, we don't know. I would argue we haven't proven that this is why it started or even that this was involved, but that's pretty wild. It says, as part of the Air Force Directed Energy Experimentation Campaign, which is taking place on Maui, AFRL characterized and deployed four directed energy counter unmanned aerial systems to overseas locations being in use, guys. Three Raytheon high energy laser weapon systems and the AFRL tactical 
high-powered operational responder system, Thor. Great. We built Thor in-house in Maui in 18 months in breaking time. As part of these efforts, AFRL secured the Secretary of Defense approval for operational use of all systems. That's pretty interesting. Come on, man. <laughs> right there. That's weird. They didn't just search for that. It didn't even show up. So it's right there. Just so you can see it on the actual page. We delivered the first ever operational weapon. This was written in June 2022. So what we're saying is basically that they have an, a completely operational, all systems-wide system, uh, in regard, uh, uh, directed energy weapons system on Maui called Thor. High-powered operational responder system. Tactical. Energy laser weapon system. That's what this is. So is it not possible this could have been something that was used? Is it not possible this could have been something that was tested and went awry? Is it not possible, since we know how this stuff is interconnected with all of the systems today, that it couldn't have been hacked? Uh-oh, there's a whole other dynamic. I'm not the one that's going to immediately go, China, Russia. But you know what? It wouldn't be that far-fetched to think about something like that, to say this is something that was hacked, taken advantage of, and used in order to stop maybe what they're working on. I don't know. Again, the idea that people are unwilling to even ask these questions, which is why it's so impossible to fight for truth today, when all they're going to do is jump to be able to go fake news, even half the independent media. I find this to be wildly important. It says, Hammond is also proud to say in total, his team, quote, built and field tested in Maui, 10 new systems that didn't exist before 2016. I guess we'll just have to guess what those were. He finishes to say, to add one more significant milestone, Hammett includes his work with the Maui-based ammo site, also called AFRL Detachment 15, until it was renamed recently. Ammo site was activated as the 15th Space Surveillance Squadron, where it is now recognized officially as both a research and development site under AFRL and an operational site under the U.S. Space Force. Interestingly, they say that he's proud of our airmen and guardians. So I believe guardians are probably what they're calling the space people now or space force opera i don't even know what they call them i'm not but i think that's interesting quote i would like to see the air force determine the directed energy weapons we need and establish a buy plan for the right mix of systems to meet the nation's mission requirements you realize outwardly they don't even say there's weapons being built here particularly with regard he says to the base defense mission but also other mission areas i find that very very interesting Basically just saying, I'd like to determine, I, I would like the Air Force to start, you know, determine what we need, buy these and establish them. And, you know, but yeah, sorry, bud, they want this to be secret, apparently. Maybe he doesn't know that. I don't know. find that pretty interesting. Oops. So here, by the way, was the CHAMP system. Just one of the side projects he also worked on. High-powered microwave advanced missile project. The counter-electronics high-powered microwave advanced missile project is an unmanned system capable of flying into contested areas and disabling an adversary's electronic system, right? I mean, these are things that are actively being used, guys, and do you think they're going to say, yep, we did that, especially if they want to cause, I don't know, things to completely have blackouts, and they go, look at how bad they are over there. Look at what they're doing wrong. They can't take care of their own systems. Or are we actively sabotaging these things? Do you really think they wouldn't do that? Of course, we know that they do these things. 
It employs a high-powered radio frequency technology, which was developed over the past two decades in the Air Force Research Laboratory. We're talking about the same place. And tests through a joint capability technology program. Do you get the point there? I just, I think that's very relevant. Now, here is it from his own page. Dr. Kelly D. Hammett, SES. It says, the directorate provides pervasive, world-class, directed energy and imaging research technologies for users across the Air Force and Department of Defense. Less, you know, it's always weapons with the Department of Defense. He manages numerous state-of-the-art research laboratories and testing structures at Kirkland Air Force Base and several unique facilities, which include the Starfire Optical Range at Kirkland Air Force Base. I believe that's the one in New Mexico. A testing site, uh, oh, this is the one, a testing site at the U.S. Army's White Sands Missile Range, New Mexico, and the Air Force Maui Optical and Supercomputing Site in Hawaii. His 20-year active duty career spanned a variety of positions mainly focused on directed energy weapon system technology. Right there. Developed an an acquisition, development acquisition, and culminated while serving at the Director of Engineering for the $7 billion Airborne Laser Program. Yeah, these are real. They're used. He began his civilian career at Kirkland Air Force Base, New Mexico. Okay, it is New Mexico. So that, that's the, the Starfire optical range. Was It's the same stuff we're talking about in Maui, but just in New, in New Mexico. They're both they're the two locations we mentioned in rather larger installations. And he says where he served as chief engineer for the Directed Energy Directorate's Optic Division. Oversaw comprehensive modernization and upgrade programs for the Starfire Optical Range and the Maui Space Surveillance System. He went on to serve as the Directed Energy Directorate Chief Engineer. Pretty, pretty interesting. Now, here is the, this is from uh, Yahoo News, or rather BBC on Yahoo News, but they're talking about the maps and imagery. Just in case you wanted to see these in general, you know, showing you the locations. And I think it's very interesting now when you take a second after we went over it, and looked, and look at the location. I mean, not to say that that necessarily just location is important, but you know, just unless we can prove that these things were used, we shouldn't pretend we know that. But I'm telling you right now that I'm much Kihei. Someone's saying in the chat, Kihei for for the location. I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. That that ultimately, that we should. It doesn't prove. You know, unless we can prove it, we shouldn't say we know. But at the same time, this is some pretty compelling information that should mean that at the very least, it shouldn't be dismissed. But what's interesting is look at the location. We just looked at this, right? There is Kihei right there, right? or very close. Very close. And then just south of that is the supercomputing location. And then right up here on the mountain range is the observatory. Any number of places, especially with the hottest spots, the big, the red meaning the, the, the most intense. I find that very interesting. Now, why Lahaina was the focus or why it's over there, I don't know. Maybe that's because this isn't related. But I find this hard to dismiss. Now, also, just on a side note, let's make sure. Oh, excuse me. I take that back. The red being active in the last 24 hours. So those are the active fires, even though we know there's still some other things going on. But then there's fires in the mainland, fires in Oahu. You know, th- these things do happen. Not to say that there's not a lot of suspicious things going on here. Now, all of that aside, there's a couple of the points I think are important to include that I thought were interesting. Not that necessarily proves anything. As somebody just shared with me, as Jeff Bezos buys up Maui, Hawaiian lo- locals, hope for the best. Right. So you've got all this is 2021. So you've got jet, one of the richest men in the world buying up all these locations in Maui. And, and, you know, who knows what's going on with all the preparations for whatever they think is going to happen. I know we know Bezos is apparently building some end of the world bunker next to where he launches his rockets and, and Elon's doing something similar. All, all these big wig people are out there building shelters and we're not supposed to read into that. <laughs> Very confusing. 
But nonetheless, I, you can't. Who knows if it means everything or nothing? There's also the 2023 Hawaiian Digital Government Summit, September 25th in Honolulu. But I don't know whether that. I mean, to me, that's just a tangential point. Why that would connect with the fire? I, I but who, the general point being that it's a sort of a you know direct direction towards digital towards the you know, World Economic Forum kind of general outlines of you know trying to encapsulate it with one phrase, but it's all the different things that you know the the new energy, the new the the, the, the new new normal, great reset kind of the technocratic direction, the the health actions, all this stuff kind of necessitate. A restructuring of everything. And, I, and the easiest way to do that would be to start from scratch. Here is a, another document Orwell just sent me, actually. This is from May 18, 2023. And I haven't read through this, but I'll just do a quick glance and see if it pops up in the chat. Let me know if there's anywhere specific you thought was important. But it says, both the 2022 National Defense Strategy and the House Armed Services Committee Bipartisan Future of Defense Task Force Report have identified directed energy as a technology that could have a significant impact on U.S. national security in the years to come. Great. So right before all this, that's, you know, interesting, seeing as how the location that delivered the very first operational directed energy weapon came from this location in Maui. Find that kind of interesting. As Department of Defense continues to invest in directed energy weapons, Congress may consider implications for defense authorizations, appropriations, and oversight. A number of countries are investing in direct energy weapon programs. This in focus discusses the selection of unclassified, meaning there's plenty that is classified that we don't get to know about, programs in three leading military powers, the U.S., China, and Russia, of course. And they, all, they each pointed each other to justify why they need to do it, when all of them would probably do it anyway. They requested $1 billion for unclassified programs. Very interesting. Now, this is the other one she sent me. Directed Energy Futures. Posted on... Here, let's go to this. The same location. AFRL. About the Air Force Research Laboratory. Isn't that interesting? Maui... Ah, weird, doesn't pop up. So this is interesting. So here's the document she sent me. Visions for the next 40 years of U.S. Department of Defense Directed Energy Technologies, 2060. All right, so now we have a connection to the future direction, right? So they're pointing at what they want to do. They're telling us they're investing billions of dollars in this right just before all of this. And now we find a document, thank you Orwell for sharing this, coming directly from the same location in Maui talking about the future of direct energy weapons. Pretty damn interesting, I got to say. This, I mean, it's the whole reason why I shoved everything off and made this a focus because pretty interesting. I mean, it's I, compelling enough to make me go, this is worth making an entire point about. Even though I'm still on the same point of saying that I don't think we can prove that we know this happened yet. But damn, this is interesting. Now, here's a video I was told you I'd show you of, of the, one a local guy basically saying uh, that he's watched this happen. And interestingly enough, the same people that he's seen push back on these corporate grabs are the ver- primary locations that end up in these fires. Doesn't mean it proves it, but it's still relevant, isn't it? Um, due to fire, flood, monster, emergency services. But I need you guys to hear me out. You don't see what's going on. I feel something is bigger. I've been, um, I've been on Maui the last nine years, and I know the geographical location and how everything works. There was no fucking way. Oh, sorry. I forgot to tell you guys. He cusses in this earmuffs for children that a hurricane missed big island 
went to Maui and didn't flood them, didn't give them, you know, crazy you know, other things, but it caused fires. Now, I know, again, I mean, this is opinion, but I, I wouldn't say it's impossible. I mean, I've seen all sorts of very strange things. I mean, yes, the trade winds in general are very, are very, you know, pretty consistent, but it doesn't mean you can't have winds coming in from the other direction, right? I mean, it's just, I'm just, it's, all of this seems highly unlikely. A lot of the story we're hearing doesn't mean impossible, right? So just, it's, that's all I'm saying. I'm cautioning against jumping to conclusions all the time in any topic, but especially things like this that kind of overtake the conversation, right? Cause fires in not only on Maui, but it caused fires in the most precious parts of real estate right. That's in Maui. Lahaina Front Street is worth billions. The Hawaiians that have been holding out and the Kanaka have been holding out for years not wanting to sell their property in Lahaina due to these big million dollar companies. It is not a coincidence. I don't believe how in the most precious parts of Maui, Kula, Lahaina, and Kihei, uh -huh. that the locals that are standing strong and do not want to give up Oprah Winfrey's fucking view up in Kula that the Hawaiians are holding out on, that the fire was going to, the, Ho the Hawaiians and the Kanaka that was holding right there on Front Street. Hmm. You know, it's taken into consideration. It's, it's, I, of all things, I'm always more inclined to think something like that is driving action. Just because, you know, not to say that there's not much, much bigger things that happen, but it's, you know, it, that tends to be the simplest thing tends to be the most logical, typically. But we see this happen all the time. I mean, think about East Palestine. It's certainly possible there's an overlap there, too. Right. I mean, all these things are definitely important. Here is something I just thought was a nice thing to share. That's a positive note. Basically, what he's saying is on, on the post here, he says, God is with us. This church was left untouched by the fires that destroyed Maui. Nothing else but Maria Lanakila. Look at that. Now, see, you can note all the trees are there, you know. I mean, it's 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 not unlikely for that to happen. I've seen plenty of examples of that. Firemen have told me, you know, trees are are alive and full of moisture. It doesn't it doesn't make sense if it's a you know, constant inferno and it's right in the center, right? But these things aren't always explainable. We don't always we'll see videos of massive areas and then kind of associate it with everything you look at about the fire. I'm not saying maybe maybe that's the one thing, the biggest point that proves everything. It, don't shy away from anything. Ask all the questions. But I just know I just know that sometimes these things look strange, but I've spoken to plenty of firemen that would tell you that they've very odd looking things happen all the time. Right. So just consider that as well. But I love this note. Right? The idea that all around these things are completely burned down, and the one thing that seems to be left standing is this church. Yes. That's pretty crazy. But see, that's the point, is these things happen, you know? They do happen. But it's nice, you know, to, to wonder. But overall, you know, I think there's plenty of evidence, plenty of evidence to suggest that this is definitely something you know, that rather that it could be something that is tied to these locations, to this kind of research, this kind of energy weapon or any number of things. But my answer, just like I said in the beginning, is I don't know. And, I, and if I don't know that's the case and we can't prove it outside of just suspicions and, and odd videos, then we shouldn't be saying that. Right. That, that's where honest journalism should be today. And I'm not trying to put myself up on some kind of pedestal. I'm just saying that it's amazing to me that basic objectivity and not jumping to conclusions is something that's, you know, that should be basic in everything we're talking about today. And, and look, and again, there's plenty of people in this field that are just like that.
sadly, they don't seem to be the ones that are the top of the, the percept, you know, the left, right paradigm game, but that's usually how this works. But of course, the ones that are the rising up to the top are the ones that are going climate change, you know, climate change, even though there's absolutely no indication that it's even hotter or that you know, it just doesn't matter. You'll find examples. Oh, my God, how climate change turned this into. Well, was it climate change or was it industrial manipulation? Was it corporate, you know, profiteering? They don't, even when they even they, they'll even point to that and be like, well, yeah, because but corporations are only doing it worse because climate change doesn't matter. They will find a way to bend over backwards to turn this into what they want it to be like everything else. And it's just sad. It's embarrassing, quite frankly. But that being said, I think this is pretty important, right? And, you know, you, I'm willing to bet you you're going to see this on some big shows tomorrow and the rest of it. It's how this goes. But I'm glad you guys could be informed first. I think it's important to see that this is something that is real. That the beginning of this technology being used, as we're being told anyway, came from a location that was very clearly right in line with what's going on there. That Kihei is right literally next to what's happening, and that is one of these locations they're discussing. And then the supercomputing location part of the installation is just south of this. I find that pretty ridiculous. But use this as you will. Clip it out. Get it in front of people. Discuss it. But I think it's important that we stick with what we can prove, as always. So thank you for joining me today, guys. Thank you for continuing to be objective and continue to fight for the truth because it's never been more important to stand with that. Even at the time, you know, even when you can see all this momentum just pushing right past, you know, I mean, look, there's a lot of things being missed today. Even look, I'm not talking about anything else. I find this to be important. That's why I talked about it. But there's so much going on. People in East Palestine, I, 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 there's a, a, a post about a, a doc, a, a, a bill going through trying to kind of water down the safety regulations that were put forward because of what happened in East Palestine. So we're already so far away from that story that the corporations are already watering down the safety bill that they put forward because of what happened. Think about how disgusting that is. They have no shame, and they're lobbying like hell to make sure they can just keep doing what they've always been doing, even though we just saw one of the biggest ecological disasters. I mean, it's just, that's what I'm talking about. But we'll talk about it, guys. We'll continue to focus on what's important well, with, with your support because we need it. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.